Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of the Snake in the Drop podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Fines. You can find me on Twitter at jsnake underscore dff. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about week 16 Dynasty Waiver Ads. Yes, I know, it's the end of the season. Probably the last thing we're thinking about right now, but there are some players that I think can help be stashes, as well as potentially help contenders. So we're going to talk about that, as well as how to evaluate your teams during the offseason, and talk about some fun topics like Jalen Hurts, David Montgomery, and just how to think about dynasty trades in general. So let's go ahead and get into it with Jalen Hurts. Uh, some people have been talking about how he's a top 15, top 10 QB right now, and yes, he has played absolutely fantastic, but I think it's important to remember how enamored we get with these young quarterbacks and how they can just fall off of the, like, they can just fall off, like, really quick. Like, you know, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones last year, everybody was talking about how awesome they were going to be, and then now we look at it now, it's like, I'd rather have Tom Brady, you know? And I do have Hurts at QB19, so it's not like I'm crazy different, but there's a definite solid tier drop after about QB15 or so for me. And I, I get it, you may say rankings and this and that, it's so close, but it's just something that... I think we should really just remember how awesome some of these quarterbacks have looked for a couple of weeks. Like, Daniel Jones had, like, three games over 30 points. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. I will say, though, some of the people that I respect in the Debbie community have talked about how um, Hertz has, you know, he's been meeting their expectations, and Hurt, he was the QB3 going into the 2020 draft. And so I'm definitely going to listen to that and see if I can find any other info with that but it's just his price right now is just super high and i will say this is from uh john paul hurley the at ff hercules he had a nice quote that says for every drew luck there's a josh allen gotta play both sides in my opinion and so there's definitely um different ways to look at this and yes jalen hurts has a nice rushing floor but he does not have an 80 yards per game rushing floor in my opinion that was, like, literally that's what Lamar Jackson did in his fantastic year last year. It was 80.1. And then Kyler Murray this year only has 50. So, yes, he would have a nice floor in that he'd raise his points by five uh, five points per game just from the rushing floor. But I don't see him yet being this top 15 quarterback in Dynasty. I do think that people that still have him ranked at 30 or so need to raise him up the rankings because... Uh, it's it's about a combination of youth opportunity as well as the production that we've seen on the field. Uh, that's why I do have him one spot above Tom Brady. That was one thing that I was debating, though. I was like, would I really do that? But then again, Tom Brady could retire next year. And with Jalen Hurts, though, just to sort of douse the fire even a little bit or uh, pour some water on the fire, is there's still Carson Wentz there. And he could still become the guy. We, we, we just don't know 100%. And to think we know anything with fantasy football is is a farce. It's <laughs> we know a lot less than we think we know. But if you like Jalen Hurts, see if someone is on like he's still QB thirty train, you know, and not wanting that QB fifteen, QB ten prize, and get in on it. Like I, I have one share of Jalen Hurts, and I don't plan on selling him cheap, mainly because this team is like a twenty twenty two team. Probably I still need to take another year because this team was rough when I got it, but. Yeah, just don't get too enamored by these young quarterbacks. It happens every year, and we get burned by it. And the, the old vets are the ones that become the startup discounts and end up being more secure long-term than we think. So now I want to talk about another player that is just going off, David Montgomery. Yes, I liked David Montgomery, and I still like him um, at the beginning of the season, but 
I think a lot of people are getting too caught up with his fantasy production after the bye week and not really noticing what he did before the bye week. And also strength of schedule-wise, it's completely different. And I will say there again is other people on Twitter that are saying that he is looking better, this and that. I have not been able to watch the game, sadly. Uh, so I don't, I don't really know either way, but, uh, it, it's just tough for me to, you know, go and just say, you know, David Montgomery should be this top 12, top 15 back whenever, like, I'm going to list my running backs right now where I have them and I have Nick Chubb, RB8, Josh Jacobs, RB9, Derrick Henry, RB10, Miles Sanders, RB11, Clyde Abzalair, RB12, K-Makers, RB13, yes, Zeke is still RB14 for me, Aaron Jones, 15, Antonio Gibson, 16, Mixon, 17, Robinson, 18, Eckler, 19, Kareem Hunt, 20, Dave Montgomery, 21. So yes, you probably disagree with a good bit of those, how they're ranked, and that's okay. That's part of the, the fun discussion of Dynasty, but I still don't feel 100% comfortable putting David Montgomery above Kareem Hunt, Eckler, Robinson, Mixon, Gibson, Jones, Zeke. Like, he's that, he's that back-end running back in Dynasty, and... Yes, he does have high-end RB2 potential, but I still think you have to temper expectations, especially going into next year with not really knowing exactly what the offense is going to look like and the weapons they may have. But Dave Montgomery is going to be that guy that he is like the RB2. Like that's where he's going to be most likely this year. It's looking like with how everything's going to pan out, he's going to be an RB1. So it's definitely impressive and it's cool to see but I'm not going to start pushing him up the rankings. And yes, I know you heard Joe Mixon, RB17, Dan Montgomery, RB21. Players being available is important, but I still I, I still am, I guess, impartial Joe Mixon in a way. I've never been like a fan of him. I did trade David Montgomery straight up for Joe Mixon and got Joe Mixon, so maybe that's part of the reason that I, I like it, but it's just one of those things that I see more opportunity for Joe Mixon, and I see a more exciting team, a more complete team around Joe Mixon. So it's it's tough whenever you get in these discussions because you could argue that, you know, Dan Montgomery is going to be the running back that, you know, people push back just from his production that he hasn't had and he may be an ADP discount. That could definitely be the case. I still am not 100% certain, though. So just be careful with Dan Montgomery. I think that a lot of people are going to just look at the last, you know, six weeks that he's had and just bump him up a ton which is something that we don't need to do. Now, last thing I want to talk about is some dynasty trades, just conversation about trades and, and how I go about them. I know I've talked about trades plenty of time, and I know a lot of people are dealing with, you know, no trade deadline. And that's actually what I want to talk about is, or the trade deadline has happened. So if you have not tried a no trade deadline, I recommend at least trying it in one league and seeing if you enjoy it. I uh, made a post about it, and a lot of people commented how they love it, other people hate it, and I will say at least like 75% of people that hate it had already tried it, which is important to me. Like, you you need to try things before you just like, I hate it. Like, I absolutely hate pickles. Have I tried pickles in the last couple years? Yes, I have. I still hate them every single time I eat them. Uh, that's, that's the major thing Scott Fish and I have in common is we both hate pickles. Uh, but, <laughs> but with this stuff, like you just need to try it out because I found it to be a lot more enjoyable. I found it that you can make moves that end up helping both sides and can help, you know, contending teams potentially get a, a stud while trading away a younger guy. Like I ended up trading away Derrick Henry, Logan Thomas, and it was, uh, Wayne Gallman and then received back DeAndre Swift, Erzman Jr. And a 2021 second. And that trade for Dynasty like 2021 made sense for me. It made sense for the other team to get Derrick Henry to push for a championship. 
ended up not working out for him. So that also shows you that with this trade deadline talk, like it doesn't always work out in your favor. And that was literally what this person starting Logan Thomas and Derek Henry. It just didn't happen. So, um, side note, I also think Logan Thomas needs to be talked about as a higher end tight end going into 2021. I still don't think I'd rank him very high in dynasty just because there's potential that he ends up losing his job, which with how he's been playing though, I don't really see happening this year. But going into 2022, like it'll it'll depend on how if he gets a new contract or not, and I don't I don't see them doing it until 2022, so it's going to be tough to to gauge it. But uh, for everybody that grabbed Logan Thomas, definitely cheering for him with you, and hopefully you're in a championship with him. But going back to you know the trade deadline and all that, like just try it out, see what you think, and just do the best you can. And and also with making trades, I've talked about this multiple times, and I like to send cold offers and then talk to people after the fact there are some managers that do not like to talk and that's okay but and, and for me i've always liked to sort of send the offer and be like hey let me you know what you think uh and then if they if they just reject it be like do you have any counters question mark or if i have a potential counter then i'll do that and uh it's just an easy way to get the communication going and make make some trades happen and i always think trades are important in dynasty because they help you find you know, ways that you can use the market. Like I was telling people to trade Jalen Hurts if you could get pretty much any first-round pick. Am I going to take more for him now? Yes, I will. But I still don't think that type of move is a bad move, and I think that it's a move that can help, you know, launch yourself into looking good. And even like in startups, like there's a couple startups that I ended up trading for a lot of picks, and then one of those leagues I went more trying to trade for running backs, got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Cam Akers, you know, these two guys that I still I still like a lot. And uh, then I ended up in another league not doing – I kept my draft picks. I didn't really move them or anything, and I ended up with the 1.01, 1.02 in a super flex league. And so it's it's definitely – you can go either way with, with these doing more of a, quote, productive struggle, or you can go for more win now. But one thing that I think we forget around this time is Dynasty is not a one-year thing. It's more than one year, and it's important to think about how you're making your team and not selling your future for one year. And that's one thing with the no-trade deadline that you have to sort of gauge is what type of moves are you willing to make? Because one move that I made trying to go for a championship in a start-two-tight end half PPR league was I traded away Jonathan Taylor and Kittle for Waller and Derrick Henry, and then obviously traded Derrick Henry after that for Swift. But still, it's like looking at it now I'm like man i really wish that i just really kept kittle and jt because jt is balling out he's looking good and sure henry played better and and waller definitely played well to you know give me a better chance but still it's tough pill to swallow after you make those trades and so if you get burned by it once you're probably not going to make trades again so just don't forget dynasty more than one year i don't care if after your startups you end up getting a championship right off the bat it's what matters the next year and the next year as well. Like, yes, winning the first year, and then if you want to retool, rebuild for a couple years, go for it. But that's that's one thing that you have to be careful and you have to watch out for because it's easy to get in these cycles of, you know, going for the ship one year, and then the next year, like, I can do it again, and then you set your team up for failure, and then you're now behind the eight ball for another two years. So, again, just think about Dynasty more long-term. Uh, Fantasy Moose had a good point in that around week 10, he starts thinking about 2021 for all his Dynasty teams. And I think that's a good marker, you know, like if you're in the playoffs or you're in the playoff hunt, sure, you make a trade, but you don't make it to where it's like you're trading away. Like, let's say Julio was super healthy and was dominating like a Julio Jones. You get Julio Jones, but you trade away Justin Jefferson, you know, don't make that type of move because then you're sacrificing your future like a lot. And the production is not that different. 
So that's my that's my little rant right there about about uh, trade deadlines, et cetera, et cetera. So now I want to get into some dynasty ads. My first dynasty ad is going to be Quez Watkins, wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles. If you watched the game last night, you definitely know what I'm talking about. He is a rookie, sixth round draft pick, and he's only rostered in four percent of NFL leagues. And he's one of those players that I think with you know Rager uh, going down with an injury and. Uh, he also was like the th uh, fourth most snapped player for the Eagles, and he actually outsnapped Fulgham, which, you know, RIP for Fulgham. I definitely thought he was going to be the real deal. He is definitely not the real deal, and a good learning experience, you know, with me talking about Hurts and, you know, giving into two or three weeks of good play. Fulgham had about four to five weeks of good play with a lot of injuries around him, and should have known better. There was definitely plenty of us on Twitter that got too enamored. There was other people who were like, y'all are crazy, and y'all are going to look stupid in five, six weeks, and... We sure do look stupid now. So apologies if you listen to the podcast and you decided to trade for Fulgham. I did that in a couple of leagues and definitely felt it and was actually happy that a lot of those trades were rejected. But Watkins, going back to this guy, he was second in fantasy points out of all Eagles wide receivers. And, uh, you know, if Rieger misses time in Week 16, Watkins can be a serviceable flex play in deep leagues. He had 13.1 uh, or so fantasy points in PPR. I also like Watkins, you know, as a speculative dynasty ad in leagues with 28 or more roster spots, or even less if you have a spot, you know, like you have a, I, I, I'm sorry, Andrew Luck, I do not think is coming back. He's someone that, you know, Von Miller mentioned him once, and now everybody's like, he's coming back, everybody, I'm going to pick him up in Superflex. No, drop, drop him and add someone that you can actually use. So, in general, you know, with Fab, whatever you got left, you know, if you want to try a couple of these guys and th this type of range, I'd do like 10 to 20% on Watkins, especially them being a rookie. A lot of people are going to be wanting him more than these, this next guy I'm going to mention, which is Jalen Guyton, wide receiver for Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he's actually a two-year pro for everybody. He's not a rookie. And uh, I have talked about Guyton before as a dynasty stash, so I hope that you already have him on your teams. In week 15, Guyton had the most targets on the Chargers, had 13.5 PPR fantasy points. And yes, Keenan Allen was hurt in Week 15, which led to more opportunities to go around. But Guyton is still attached to a Herbert's-led offense and is under contract in the 2021 season. I'd spend about 5 to 10% of my fab, and I think he's a good ad for contending and rebuilding teams. Now for my favorite Dynasty ad, and this guy I talked about a lot in Week 1, 2, and 3, and then he was non-existent and still non-existent, was J.J. Taylor, running back New England Patriots, rostered in 7% of NFL leagues. And he's just a must. He was a must add early on in the season, especially because he actually outcarried all New England running backs in week three. But since week three, Taylor has only had one carry for two yards. But I still want Taylor because uh, he received more work than Damian Harris did in his rookie year. And also, we're going to probably see Burkhead and James White off of the team in 2021. And Taylor is actually on a really cheap three year deal and is under contract until the 2022 season. And really, you could probably just spend 1% of your fab on J.J. Taylor, but I, I'd spend more. You know, I, I want this guy on my team, and I think he's going to have potentially a little bit of buzz around him for people to add because one thing I didn't realize and I need to check with all my leagues is the waivers may potentially close after week 16 and not open up for some time. I will say that I prefer waivers to stay open throughout the, the whole time and not close at all. I, I do sort of see like the the relaxing part of that. It's like there's nothing to worry about. Yay! So I, I understand it both ways. Um, I just I just I, I guess I just like being super active all year round. I will say off season though it goes to once a week. It's only on Fridays is when my waivers run. So it's not like it's an everyday thing. So that's something to not forget. And the last guy is Jalen Hurd, wide receiver, San Francisco 49ers. He's rostered in six percent of NFL leagues. And yes, this is a blast from the past. 
he's man he's had some hype going in the last couple years and he's just been injured like this last year he had an acl tear the year before that he had a back stress fracture both of them both of those injuries required him to miss the whole year but he was a third round pick back in 2019 and everybody always talked about how he could be used all over the field potentially at running back or different things like that and i don't know what 2021 is going to hold for Hurd, but i would stash him in any leagues because he still has potential to be a playmaker in the nfl if i do have any retired players yes even Andrew Luck again, I dropped them for Hurd, and you only really need to spend like 1% of your fab on him. It's not it's not a crazy thing. You don't have to go super wild, you know, trying to get uh, like a 20% fab or whatever. Or just 0%, honestly. Or just add him once waivers are done if you have open waivers, which I, I, I find both fun, open or closed. It doesn't really matter to me. So now I want to talk about how to evaluate your teams going into the 2021 offseason. I recommend you do this for every single team you have. Uh, I'm going to be lucky enough to drop down to, I think, around nine. Or not really lucky enough, but I've made the decision to drop down to nine Dynasty Leagues, I think. I, I still need to for, figure out it for sure, but I think that'll lead me with 11 or 12 total leagues going into 2021. I, Oh, man, I've talked about this plenty of times, but I did like 25 leagues this year, and it was way too much. I went from like four leagues to like 25. It was ridiculous. It was not smart. Do not do it. Strongly, strongly, strongly do not recommend but one thing I would do is like every like pick two teams to go over every single week and just spend like 30 minutes on them. That's really how long it should take. It shouldn't take too long, but look at your team and your overall depth. Decide if your team is more on that aging side and about to hit a cliff. Maybe this season is your cliff or the next season is your cliff. If you're more on the super young side and it may take another year, there's going to be some teams like that. Or also if you're more in that sweet spot where you could, you know, you have enough young guys, some older guys, and you can compete for 2021 and keep getting rookies coming in and making moves that helps uh, your team maintain an actual, quote, dynasty. And for me, I, I plan on looking more at players who have hit their peak value and that's either by their ADP being really high or just they're being hyped up. But I do plan on just reducing risk in general by moving players like a Devontae Adams or a CMC for a stud player of that same position plus a pick or a player just to get more value. That's something I think we can do better in Dynasty. And it's not perfect because, yes, you do want these stud players. And we don't know if we trade like a Devontae Adams for a rookie, you know, 1.04, 1.05 pick plus another lower end player and if that's actually going to work out. So there is some risk with this, but it's a way like if uh, like one trade I made this this offseason, I did the opposite of what I'm recommending right now is I I ended up trading. Uh, it was it ended up being Dobbins, Eckler and Stafford for Christian McCaffrey and Hines. And the main issue was this was a start 11 league. And I was just dumb and naive, and I thought my team had depth. And then, you know, you get Cortland Sutton get injured. You have it to where um, OBJ gets injured, and you're like, oh, crap, I have no wide receiver depth now. Well, that means you didn't have depth to begin with. Like, if you have an injury or two that knocks your team depth down, you had no depth to begin with. And that was a learning experience for me. And so this was a team that I, I sort of tore down a little bit going into 2020 rookie draft and then made this dumb trade and ended up uh, making it to where, you know, it's going to be I, I, potential, I have potential to compete in 2021, but I'm not going to rush it. That's something I've decided and I, I would recommend that if you're a team that's been retooling for a year and you're like, oh, man, this next year I'm going to really dominate. And, like, you're looking at your team, you're like, well, I just need this guy to hit and this guy to hit. Well, just stay the course for another year. And what I, what I mean by that is don't trade for these vets or aging assets as much and try to just sort of maintain that youth and and uh, try to 
just continue to see what happens because there can be times where you can be like maintain your team and, and actually there's a guy that I was talking to that he drafted a productive struggle we we're talking about it through it this was the year to draft young just with how awesome this rookie class was and this rookie class is going to make expectations exponentially higher than they ever should be and uh it's going to be tough in 2021 2022 2021 may may you know maintain that especially with the wide receivers 2022 I've heard it's a quarterback class but still it's like we don't need to expect all these players to hit first year second year third year and I've talked about hit rates before, and I've hit rates on the Patreon, and uh, plan on digging into that, and actually looking at value though too. That's something I'm excited to look at, and just need to find the time for that, of course. But going back to my main point, you know, it's just you need to not try to push too hard, and that's what I tried to do. And going back to just how to evaluate your teams. Look at these players that are either on the upper tier of value or lower tier of value and like just sort of do you slight projections in your own head. I'm not saying like you're right and this player is going to be worth this amount. It's more just, okay, where's the direction and trend of my team and do I like it? If you don't like it, make a change. Uh, the easiest time to trade for rookie picks is right now. Like after week 16, that's the easiest time. People in the playoffs do crazy things. I remember last year, AJ Brown started going off. I ended up getting like three rookie picks for him or something crazy like that. Like it was just like something that you, you look back now and you're like, yeah, it was about value, but still it's one of those things that uh, you can definitely make moves right now. And a dumb move I made during the off season was I traded away Court and Sutton or I know I traded for Court and Sutton and traded away DK Metcalf. Look at how that worked out for me now. Not great. So uh, I, I guarantee you that anybody offering advice or anybody doing dynasty leagues has made mistakes and it's, it's just, you just got to own them. And you just got to move on from it. And um, trying to get back to my point with this because I'm just rambling in circles. So, okay, let's talk about structure of how to evaluate your teams. So look at every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Also look at your scoring in your league and how many players you have to start. Because if you're in an all-flex league, then just look at running back, wide receiver, tight end all chunked together. Uh, I, I will say that if you're a commish, I recommend not doing an all-flex league because it does decrease trading in general and it makes it to where like you don't feel the need to trade because you can just get some waiver wire guys and start them in your flex like it's not that important uh but going back to the point like look at your quarterback if you're in a super flex league you want at least three startable guys right off the bat if not four so i will say going into the rookie draft there could be some second round values with these quarterbacks because there typically is every single year and so be on the lookout for those and potentially trade for some second round picks, even talking like hit rate stuff. Second round picks tends to hit at a, at a slightly lower rate, but at the same time, it still um, does does well compared to the, the value difference between first and second round picks. And then so you look at quarterbacks, then running backs, start looking at that. You should have at least, you know. I would prefer to have at least one top 14 running back right now, which you, if you are a Dynasty Nerds nerd remember, you can see my rankings there. I also am going to make some start today in Superflex rankings, which you can see rankings there. That's for the Patreon. It'll be the $3 tier and up. But uh, I'm always like I'm always going to talk about my stuff on podcasts and such. I'm not going to like hide it behind a paywall 100%. It's just something that to make content, I just, you know, I just want a little bit something back. But I also understand times are tough. Uh, it's it's still a tough time in general. So completely understand that. Going back to my point, though, running backs, you know, you want some of those top-end guys. Uh, you can also get some lower-end guys that have, like, PPR upside. If you're in PPR, like a McKissick or a Gallman. Actually, Gallman was just more situation-based, but McKissick, PPR back. Then you look at wide receivers, and this is the position that I think you can get the most depth and actually the most bang for your buck just because the tiers are so large. 
and you should have at least at least five like top top 40 receiver that's not true because then everybody can't have five you know but you know what i mean i'm just saying like you want these top end guys not even top end guys but middle tier guys that can help build depth and give you solid flex plays week in week out and then tight end this is the position that uh actually if you haven't listened to episode 50 with uh swags madman a super duper flex uh we actually had a good discussion about tight ends and and their thoughts on valuing the tight end position and they were saying that they wouldn't necessarily draft guys like a Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson super early. They'd get the guys later that are cheaper just based on – and the face production isn't crazy different like a Gusecki or someone like that. Or uh, I, I will say every year it seems like there's a Waller or a Tanyan or a Logan Thomas. So, oh, okay, the last two years there has been. And, I mean, even Kittle a couple years back you know, blew up. So – uh, I think if you can keep your ear to the ground, which is going to be my goal with tight ends because it's one of my favorite positions, and notice where there's certain way, uh, certain tight ends that may end up increasing in value exponentially. Like Logan Thomas is a top six tight end right now. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, so going back though with tight ends, if you have one of those top four or five tight ends, and I'm talking your your Waller, your Kelsey Kittle, Hawkinson. I think Pitts is going to be thrown in there by a lot of people. I am not concerned. Like he's talented. It's just more tight end hit rates in general are pretty low. And tight ends hitting in year one is also really slim, I will say. I've talked about this a lot on Twitter if you see my post related to Pitts. Is that if he is more of a slot wide receiver, though, and he's still on the tight end designation, then he has potential to ball out and be a beast of a tight end. You know, be more like a, what Evan Ingram was his first year. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that works. Landing spot's going to matter a lot. So rooting for the best for him. But in general, you know, look at every single position. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Look at your depth. Actually evaluate your strength. And then compare yourself to two of your three stronger teams around you. And if you're looking at it and you're like, man, this is not looking pretty. I don't know if I can beat these two teams. Start debating on if you need to try to shoot for being a little younger and making some moves for players you think are going to increase in value. Uh, we always talk about dynasties like a stock market. Like think about these players that are at the peak that can literally only go down. Like a CMC because he's the RB1 can literally only go down versus uh, a player like, uh, you know, Cam Akers going into this offseason. He has potential to go up. Yes, he could also go down. Uh, even like Jonathan Taylor going into the season, into the off season, you know, he's, he's now like, it's a pretty large tier. I will say the top four running backs for me are, are Christian or Christian McCaffrey. And then RB two is cook. RB three is Saquon. RB four is Kamara. And then there's a pretty, pretty decent tier gap right there. And then it's like five through like 10 is something like, uh, I already talked about it before, but five is like Jonathan Taylor. And then there's like JK Dobbins in there, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb. You know, there's there's Derrick Henry, uh, Swift. I forgot Swift, but there's all these. It's like a pretty big chunk of running backs that are all pretty similar. So part of me in startups, if you're doing that, is look for these guys that end up falling like a Cam Akers or Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb and picking them a little bit later and letting other people reach for these guys that are producing pretty similarly. Like Swift and Jonathan Taylor are producing pretty dang similarly. So. I would also, you know, think about, like, we've already talked about, you know, evaluate your team, see how you compare to others. Now think about how you're going to look at players 
in 2021 and see who's undervalued. Like some of those players for me are Irv Smith Jr., Blake Jarwin, Rashad Penny, any type of vet QB, especially Tom Brady early on in the offseason. I think that he's someone you can get pretty cheap because people, even though he's under contract, is still going to be a little nervous. So you may be able to get a nice deal like I've already mentioned. I'd rather have Tom Brady than Drew Locke right now. And I bet early on in the offseason you could send Drew Locke for Tom Brady in a mid-2021 second, if not an early one. Probably more mid, but that's the type of moves you can potentially make. I will say Denzel Mims is most likely going to be undervalued because I, I don't understand it, but we were I, – I, I guess I sort of do, but making assumptions related to the quarterback and how that's going to massively increase this wide receiver's value, even though they're going to be 1.01, 1.02 fields in Lawrence. So – uh, it's one of those things that I, I think that he's still a solid buy. C.D. Lamb, he's someone that is still like a top 12 wide receiver for a lot of people, but he's been sort of dropped by the wayside as well. And with Dak Prescott most likely coming back, the sky's the limit. And, you know, just any other player who did not meet expectations going into this year. Um, players that are going to be overvalued. Players that finish the season strong. Players that went on a tear, like David Montgomery and Derrick Henry. They're going to be overvalued for about two months until people start looking at previous production. People start talking about this and that. And then with Derrick Henry, people are going to look at his age. That's why I have, I think it was, well, Tyler Lockett has actually like fallen off a cliff. So he's someone that's still, I think, going to be a good value going into the next offseason. But I had it to where it was Matt Ryan, Tyler Lockett, Travis Kelsey, and Derrick Henry are my four players. I wrote this about a month ago that were my top dynasty vet buys. And a lot of people were rolling their eyes about Derek Henry and Travis Kelsey, but I think we'll be surprised when you start looking at it. People are going to say Travis Kelsey is behind Pitts, and Derek Henry is behind is like RB15 because of his age. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to watch and see the what happens because, shoot, I, I've talked about plenty of times about how, you know, don't let these young quarterbacks be super overvalued. And then I'm talking about Jalen Hurts, and I'm like, oh, crap, like, like uh, where should I put him in? I, I was thinking like, oh, I could go up here, here, here. And I was thinking, okay, realistically though, I still want Derek Carver Hurts. QB19 to me felt like it was a little bit high for the expectation or like a little bit high related to the potential, not potential production even. It's It was a little bit high just based on his youth. And that's something that can get a little scary. And I, I know that in Dynasty, we always look at that youth, youth, youth. But certain positions, it's not as important as others. So I know I've gone on my soapbox for the last like 18 minutes or so. And I do appreciate all y'all checking out the podcast and listening to it week in, week out. Uh, I, I thank you for your support. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this Snake of the Draft podcast or listen to the podcast. Also, if you're interested in more content from me, please become a Snake of the Draft Patreon member for just a dollar uh, a month. You can get all of my content. If you join the $3 tier or, or higher, you can, you'll can you receive my Start 2 Dighton Superflex rankings when they drop, which will hopefully be middle of January. That's my goal right now. And uh, I'll also say that over the next couple of weeks, I think after week 17, because we'll actually have like the finishes for these players, because we have, you know, fancy go week one to 16. And then we look at week 17 for the finishes. But I like to look at point per game anyway. So it's not a huge deal. But I want to talk about players that I missed on that I hit on. Uh, Obviously, if you've been following me for a bit on Twitter, Logan Thomas is one of my bigger hits. And then I'd say just related to players that I've hyped up, you know, like Zach Moss was a pretty big miss. Earth Jr. going into this season was a pretty big miss. I, I'll be the first to admit the misses I've had as well as, you know, I'll talk about some of the hits, but I, I think it's important for me to focus more on the misses because those are where you learn. And uh, so, yeah, I appreciate all y'all checking out the podcast. 
uh, if you if you find a post of me missing or anything, just add me on it and uh, let me remind me about it because that's something I'm gonna try to look back through my Twitter feed and see what I said because there's plenty of work that we can all have. So thank you all for tuning in. LSV Snakes this championship week. Uh, good luck to everybody that's going for that ship. I'm gonna I'm two for two, well technically one and two with one game still pending. But one and two right now, Dynasty Leagues that got kicked out, Work League, Home League still in it. So uh, hoping for the best, and good luck, everybody. See you.